I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., <laughs> Mike Golik Sr., Emerson Lazio holding it down for us in the DraftKings studio in Boston. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% in your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Got a great show for you guys. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Check us out on DraftKings YouTube channel, DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV Plus, and more. Going to talk a lot of Ryder Cup today as we got that starting tomorrow out in Rome. We are very excited for that, we're going to talk to Will Gray, uh, Golf Bet PGA Tour analyst, as we get set for that, as well as Keegan Bradley, a guy who we know has had history on the Ryder Cup team before with the U.S. dad, wanted to be there this year. Just about that dynamic. It's one of the most unique events in golf. It's one that players seem really bought in and dedicated to. And so very excited to get in a lot of golf action, which I know you and Emerson are definitely excited about. Oh, I'm very excited about that. Obviously, NBA as well. The Ryder Cup's way different time zone. So, you know, have we'll have fun watching that one. And oh, by the way, we haven't won on the road in 30 years. <laughs> so since 1993. So uh, U.S. has their work cut out for them. But as we get into today and a lot of topics in Thursday Night Football as well, Emerson, I'd like you to join me in wishing Gojo a happy yeah! birthday. Yeah. 
look at you. years young today. Maybe that's why you just said Gojo in the video. You wanted your show back just for your birthday. Uh, but happy birthday, son. Happy birthday. Okay. Appreciate right. that, guys. And uh, listen, it's only appropriate, right, that I would be entering my Giannis year at 34 on a day where we get to talk about a blockbuster trade for the Milwaukee Bucks. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know what? The- I'm rooting for them to win the title again, only because last time, remember Giannis rolling through a Chick-fil-A drive through the next morning and went with like what was his order? It was like a 50-piece uh, nugget, or no, with the mini biscuits. Yeah, and then also, yeah. I think he did the half lemonade, half Sprite thing, and that just became a phenomenon at Chick-fil-A's around the country after that. Yeah, yeah, it did. So, you're Mike, obviously, you're not going to win an NBA championship. <laughs> so, if you could have if you get your birthday meal, would it be drive through Taco Bell? Is that where, you're, uh, where, where you'd be heading? Yeah, drive through Taco Bell. I'll be heading back, so I'm calling the Notre Dame game in Durham this weekend. And I feel like Durham's probably far enough south to have a Waffle House, so I wouldn't mind adding yes. that to the fold this weekend, too. I know well, we talked about call. that a lot yesterday, so it's probably just top of mind. But, yeah, I'd take that one. Honestly, big milkshake and burrito phase for me right now. If we're doing Taylor Swift eras, that is mine currently, so maybe that'll be the birthday meal today somehow, some way. Well, if it if it's a shake, Ooh. I'm I'm doing Portillos and the cake shake. I mean, that's that's where I'm going. I I haven't found a better one yet. So uh, you'll definitely have your choices out there, buddy. You've got yeah. three Waffle House locations in Durham, so you're good to go. Nice, Emerson. Well done. That's there the way go. to go. The advanced scouting report is in uh, as we head into the weekend. So I'm going to clog my arteries and get some entertainment. Hopefully, see a fight or two in that Waffle House. Appreciate that, guys. Uh, shout out to. Uh, Mom and dad for uh, making it all possible. Yeah, putting in the work. That's how we roll. That's how we Uh, roll. (laughs) Um, Guys, uh, speaking of the Giannis year, like we mentioned, let's get to the damn trade. Uh, Everybody looked up, and it's so nice in this day and age where I feel like the idea of a Woj bomb has become something that's woven into the fabric. And you know, can apply to a lot of things. There's a lot of NBA news that falls under the purview of these insiders. This was a genuine Woj bomb where everyone put their hands on their head, actually uttered something as they looked down at their phone and saw Portland Trailblazers guard Damian Lillard, who we talked about just yesterday as maybe potential front runner to go and land with the Toronto Raptors. No, no, no. Instead, we get the announcement from Woj that Dame has been traded to the Milwaukee Bucks as a part of a three-team deal that also included the Phoenix Suns that will now have him playing alongside Giannis Antetokounmpo and trying to go out there and dad recreate the magic from that 2020 21 season for Giannis as he has put his organization's feet to the flames very publicly and seeing this yesterday dad it worked the Giannis media tour of going out and saying hey you know what I want to stay in Milwaukee forever but if they're not competing for a championship if we're not all aligned in that goal I could see myself playing elsewhere Milwaukee heard it they went out and they made it happen here in a big time way dad this is a huge huge day for everybody around Milwaukee yeah it's a monster day uh what we'll hear from some of the players in Miami who think it was a monster day that was premeditated <laughs> uh, as well so uh, it'll be very, very interesting. Seven players, three draft picks, three players went to Portland, including Drew Holiday and DeAndre Ayton, and Portland maybe to looking uh, looking to move Holiday. But I think the question here, Mike, is going to be, and, and we're going to talk to J.J. Redick in a second, is A, is Portland going to keep Drew Holiday or looking to move on from him? And was this a good deal for Portland, uh, or should they have kept looking elsewhere? Yep. Uh, so for more on that, let's welcome in ESPN NBA analyst and host of the Old Man in the Three podcast, J.J. Redick, 
kind enough to join us now. And JJ, let's start right there. This trade goes down yesterday. Were you as surprised as the rest of the basketball world looking on? I was, I was, you know, my, my first reaction, I was actually on a, uh, a zoom yesterday when we all got the notification and I, I said some explicitives. I was that surprised. I really was. Um, you know, I think for Milwaukee, uh, this is uh, a great move. Um, you have a chance to add one of the best players of this generation uh, and a guy who I think fits perfectly with Giannis. Uh, his ability to stretch the floor out of pick and roll, um, allowing Giannis to you know play in more space. You know, you think about who Giannis has run pick and roll with. Uh, in Milwaukee, uh, primarily Eric Bledsoe, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. Uh, none of those guys are the the deep threat that Damian Lillard is. And so defenses are really going to have to make some tough decisions about where they put uh, the big who's guarding Giannis in pick and roll. And if they step up and they, they're up at the level of pick and rolls, Giannis is going to get behind the defense. He's going to score. He's going to make plays. Um, if they're back in a drop, Dame's going to have all the space in the world to to get his threes off. So I, the the combination of those two, to me, is just a, a perfect fit. Um, and, uh, and of course, you know, you hear rumors. I mean, I, you know, some some guys that I know in the NBA were texting me a few days ago. Toronto's in the lead. Um, I never really heard the Bucks, you know, chatter and and they they ended up getting it done. So, yeah, very surprised that it was Milwaukee that he ended up with. Now, Dame may get that first title. They went from fourth favorite to favorite now on the NBA. And we'll certainly get more into the Milwaukee side of it. But, J.J., on the Portland side of it, you know, when they're going to make that split, it's certainly the obligation of Portland, the team, to make the best deal possible for them. This is now a business decision. In your mind, do you think this was the best business decision and the best trade, or should they have looked elsewhere? Well, you know, I, I don't know the particulars of, of other teams' offers, right? And and certainly there were um, a lot of uh, notations about what Miami in particular could have offered or, or was offering, um, whether those players and picks were true or not. Um, I, I like this deal for Portland. First of all, you know, you get Aiton, and, and he probably fits in with your timeline a lot better than Nurkic does. Uh, so, so that's one positive. Uh, you, you do get, you know, some draft compensation. That's a second positive. Uh, and then if you think about it, you get a package back for Dane. And in that package, you get a guy who still is playing at an all-star level in Drew Holiday. You're going to get another package for him. Um, so I think when we sort of look at this deal for Portland, and give it a grade, whatever that grade may be, um, it's incomplete because they're going to move Drew Holiday. And I think Drew Holiday, if we're being honest, depending on where he ends up, that could swing you know, a, a team's title hopes immediately. I mean, he's that good, especially defensively, where he can really impact the game on both sides of the ball. So to me, it's a little incomplete for Portland, but I do like the deal for Portland. Who should be going after Drew Holiday, JJ? Well, Miami. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the other thing, you know, the, the thing that immediately, you know, I, I'm starting like, oh, well, I think the natural thing here is uh, the, 
Clippers, 76ers, and Portland a three-team trade, right? Where mm. Portland gets something back. Drew fits really well next to Maxi. Harden wants out. He ends up with the Clippers. Um, and everybody sort of benefits, I think, from that trade. Are we? Are you looking at, at now Milwaukee as the favorite to win the NBA title? Do you think this vaults of them there? Um. You know, I, I had them in, in tier one before this trade. Um, of course, they're still in tier one after this trade. Um, I, I just think what we've seen, particularly over the last, call it, uh, five seasons, going back to 2019, um, and you guys know this, uh, the, the NBA playoffs is a, a game of attrition, and as we've seen again and again, it's the team that can stay healthy. Uh, you know, some people might call that luck, um, but it really, it really comes down to which team can stay healthy. I think, I, I think Boston, Milwaukee, Denver, um, to me, are, are all tier one. And then if I had to do a tier one A or a tier one B, um, you know, I'd, I'd probably put a number of teams in there and probably start off that list with the Lakers. JJ, last one before we let you go. How big a blow is this to Miami and Pat Riley for having a guy call his shot saying he wanted to be there and not being able to ultimately land the fish? You know, the one thing about Riley and, and the Miami Heat is they're they're awfully resilient and they will find a way to bounce back and Riley will probably have an opportunity to swing for the fences again with somebody. And maybe that ends up being getting Drew Holiday, who would be a great fit on that team. Um you know, it's an, an underrated part of this because I was having this discussion uh, yesterday with an NBA buddy of mine. Um, an underrated part of this uh, is camp starts on Tuesday. Media day <laughs> is Monday. So if, if you're if you're Harden in Philly, if you're Tyler Hero in Miami, if you're uh, Jovic in, in Miami, like all these guys that have been in trade rumors since July 1st, like you've got to go to media day on Monday. Ah. You've got to practice on Tuesday, you know. And and look, I I think it's the nature of the business, but never under uh, underestimate the uh, effect of interpersonal dynamics in the NBA. The more I played in the NBA, the more I even I get away from the NBA and have conversations with people around the league. Um, it's something that the casual fan maybe doesn't quite grasp. And what, this team came back. It's the same team. Why are they not as good as last year? Well, uh, that guy hates that guy. Or the coach and this guy <laughs> don't get along anymore. They stopped speaking in May of last year. That is that is the case so often. And I'm not I'm not just saying this with Tyler here on Miami, but I, I I think if you look at all the teams that have been taught, like even if you think about Toronto, right? Yeah. Toronto. Since going back to last season and the trade deadline, how many guys on their roster have been in trade rumors? Yeah. Right? How much uncertainty have a ton of players, because of James Harden and because of Damian Lillard, a ton of players have had all this uncertainty over the summer. And it's like, all right, we got to go do media day and answer questions and then practice with our guys on Tuesday. Uh, it's going to be a great NBA season, guys. Yeah. Oh, this league being shouted from rooftops everywhere. It's incredible. JJ, we appreciate you joining us on such short notice, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thanks, guys. I, listen, <laughs> Mike, he is, so, he is so right about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I listen, I'll, I'll be honest. My decision when I left Philadelphia was a personal one, yeah. you know, and, and, it, and it was dumb. You know, you, 
And I keep trying to tell, you know, guys that are that are in leagues, don't make it personal. Don't make it personal. It's all a business decision. But it's way easier said than done. It is personal, especially now in my sport of football. You don't hear trade rumors a lot, but you do in the other sports, especially baseball and basketball, where he's right. I mean, you're in trade rumors. You're you're talked about being gone from that team, and then camp starts, and there's a mic in your face, and you know they're going to ask you about that. So what's the relationship between you and other players, you and management, you know, at, at that point? And this goes back to, to, the, to the fact that players are human beings. You know, they have feelings. They take things personal. They hold grudges, you know, and as much as you don't want to do that, it's going to happen, you know. Great for the person that can just push all that aside and say, this is just business. I'll be, you know, stonewalled as far as my feelings are concerned and just go play no matter what I hear. That's that's unfortunately probably more the exception than the rule. Yeah, it makes me think back to remember, I think it was last year's Celtics team coming into the season. I mean, that had been an offseason. Correct me if I'm wrong, if it was that offseason or the one before where there had been a lot of Jalen Brown trade rumors, right? people yeah. wondering about his future Past with the Celtics. Years, Mike, that's the rumors yeah, have been galore with him. And, and that team has still been able to go out and accomplish. So uh, to JJ's point, it's not like these guys are going to show up and be totally inept. But when you're playing with very thin margins, all that stuff starts to matter. And this is going to be a crowded field now. Like, Dad, the one other team in all of this. So just to refresh, for anyone that wasn't familiar with all the mechanics of the trade, I know we had to dive in with JJ right away there. In this three-team deal, Portland receives Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, and Tamani Kamara, Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first, a pick swap in there as well. The Suns get Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson as a part of that trade package. And the Bucks get Damian Lillard in all of this. So, Deb, we've got the Bucks who now, I think before, were always with Giannis going to be in that top tier, like JJ said, in the championship odds and what people expect. I probably wouldn't put them over Denver right away, just respect to the right. champs and what they've built there. But they're absolutely uttered in that same breath. For Portland, it's going to be about what they can fr- flip Drew Holiday for here. But their timelines change now. They're not a team that's trying to win here and now anymore. Young backcourt there. They got eyes on the future here. The other part of this, Dad, is the Phoenix Suns. Now going out there and trying to get a little depth and create some of that going into this season. That was the big Achilles heel for them last year as they right. started swinging for the fences and acquiring Brad Beal on top of Kevin Durant and all those moves. The Suns are now a team I'm sure a lot of people are going to look at in the Western Conference and say, well, this should go a long way in helping those depth issues and make that team even more of a contender. Yeah, I mean, they've been trying to get rid of DeAndre Ayton for a little bit now. And as J.J. Reddick said, he th- thinks Ayton will fit better in Portland for them. And he wasn't fitting that well in Phoenix. Listen, the top teams had been Denver, Boston, Phoenix, Milwaukee. Now that, again, some places may have put Milwaukee now back on the top. But Milwaukee is also, Mike, in kind of a Los Angeles Rams situation now. They're, they're void of draft picks. I mean, this this is it. You know, yeah. the, and, and it's fine. I mean, if you're going to make this move, but it, it's got to it's got to pay off in a couple of ways. A title, Giannis, hopefully signing that max extension is always going to be there a while. Now, at the end of the day, if they ever had to blow it up, they have you know a couple of great uh, option things in Giannis and Lillard to trade to get stuff back. If it were to completely, completely fall apart, but they are they are all in. Like as I said, they they are void of basically well, draft picks. So this yeah. is 
And I don't blame them for doing it. I was going to say, there's one metric of success or failure if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. And really one prism through which to make your decisions and see your decisions through. Does this get us Giannis for longer? Yeah. Does this allow us right. to make the best player on our team happy as possible? And we go back to what we mentioned off the top. Giannis had been very forthright. During his media appearances, this is what he did before he signed his last extension with Milwaukee, is go out and say, I'm here until I'm not. I'm here until I feel like this place isn't working earnestly every day to go out and be in line with me on my championship vision. Milwaukee does this. Dad, I got to imagine Bucks fans feel a lot better about the prospect of Giannis potentially signing that max extension. He said it wouldn't be something they visited till after this summer. I'm wondering now how renewed the charge is going to be to try and see if he'll put pen to paper going into this season because now they have Dame there with some contractual control and a future that looks a lot brighter. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to say, players in the NBA, the stars have more power than any other sport, right? And Giannis spoke up about what he wants. He wants what everybody wants, a team that's trying to win. Don't get me wrong, but he said it publicly to kind of put that public pressure on the organization to get it done. And they went out and they got it done, right? I mean, I would say, you know, for, hey, Giannis, was this good for you? If they're gonna, if, if they're going behind the scenes, is this cool? I'm sure Giannis is going to say, hell yeah, I like this. We, they, they keep showing the the, the, the video of Giannis and LeBron picking the all-star team and Giannis' yeah. first pick was Dame Lillard. So I got to imagine yeah. he's pretty happy for uh, getting a 33-year-old. Yeah, he said Nobody this is summer, slick. Junior, he said this summer, I'm a Milwaukee Buck, but most importantly, I'm a winner. If there's a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, I have to take that better situation. Listen, the Bucks heard him loud and clear and ended up landing Lillard. They did, and it'll be interesting, Dad. We'll get back to your point about the player empowerment side of this. Giannis got what he wanted by speaking up. Dame Lillard did not. Coming up next, though, let's get a little Ryder Cup action heading into tomorrow next. Brought to you by Wrangler. Jeans, shirts, and jackets made for the ride of life. Be ready for those cooler days and longer nights in styles that keep you warm and keep you comfortable, moving, and looking great no matter where you are. You can wear Wrangler jeans literally anywhere. At work, out at night, playing a pickup game with friends, or at home watching the game on TV. They're that comfortable and that durable. And there's a Wrangler shirt for every occasion. Casual tees, snaps and button-ups, or layer them together for a little bit of both. And don't forget the iconic Wrangler jackets. Mmm, when the weather starts to chill and you need to venture out, Wrangler will keep you ready for anything. Add some Wrangler to your getup with jeans, shirts, and jackets that look great, fit great, and move great. So you're always ready for whatever life throws at you. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order when you use the promo code GOJO15. Wrangler, for the ride of life. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know is it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. 
Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to this glorious weekday program we call Gojo and Golik. Friday morning, 1.35 Eastern time. The glorious event known as the Ryder Cup tees off in Rome. Get this, Team USA has been favored throughout the calendar year to win the Ryder Cup over Team Europe. Up until this week, the USA once favored as high as minus 190 here, guys, now sits at plus 105 on the DK Sportsbook, not too far behind Europe, which is now even money at plus 100. Makes more sense considering the U.S. has not won on foreign soil since 1993. You guys are breaking it down with Will Gray right now. Let's go. Yes, Golf Bet PGA analyst Will Gray joining us now as we get set to go for late night on the West Coast for me or early morning tip, uh, tee off for golf tomorrow. Will, how you doing? I'm doing well, Mike. It's a pick your time zone sort of week here at the Ryder Cup. Really is. It really is. And it started off with a bang. So we've wow. got to ask you right out of the gate here. We've got everyone teeing it up, getting some practice in. And Victor Hovland holds one on a par four here. But we've received word that it was his second ball. So, Will, in your mind, are we counting this as an ace? Is that just a birdie? How do we score this? Yes, sources here on the ground in Rome can confirm it was his second ball. That was a reload. Uh, so if you're mean, that's a great birdie. But I still think, listen, I'm waiting on my first ace on a part three. If I make that shot, that's definitely going down as a one. I mean, he, he happy Gilmore. That, that's, I don't care how many balls you hit off the tee if you make it. That, that's an impressive thing. That's just unbelievable. So, you know, you, you heard Emerson give the odds of we were the favorites and now not. We haven't won away from home, as he said, since 93. So what can make that different? What are the keys for the U.S. to win this thing? Yeah, it's almost like the betters woke up this week and realized that the U.S. hasn't won a road game in 30 years. <laughs> and now the money has started to flood in as a result. Uh, it's hard. You, everything has to go right if you're going to win a Ryder Cup on the road. You go back to to 2006, the only one that has been won by the away team was the Miracle at Medina. And so that was that was certainly a crazy Sunday. More often than not, the home team has a, a pretty significant advantage. Uh, I think it's interesting that we're, we're having uh, a foursome's alternate shot Friday morning. That's first out. It's the harder format. It's where the Europeans are stronger. If the U.S. can hold their footing tomorrow morning, I think they're going to have a great shot because then they're going out in the afternoon and they're going to have their strength with best ball, four ball. So we'll see how it goes, but I think it could be a pivotal first act. Do you expect it to be as close throughout as the odds seem to suggest right now? I, I don't know. I mean, the, the problem is we've had lopsided Ryder Cups the last three times, and, and it's something where when one team starts to feel momentum, it tends to build, especially on Sunday with 12 singles matches. So it, it makes my eyes start to drift towards some of those alternate handicaps, maybe laying one and a half or two and a half points uh, because it, it can get out of hand in a little bit of a hurry. Uh, but when you look at these teams on paper, you feel like it's 15-13 one way or another and you can make big, uh, big cases for both teams. So talk about some of the strategy here from, from what I, I've been reading. I'd love you to expound upon it. For this course, takes kind of the where the Americans had the advantage of the short irons and, and wedges and have to go more with mid irons and long irons where the Europeans may be a little stronger. Is, is that holding true in this course? Yeah, I mean, you hit it spot on. The Europeans believe that they have a strength uh, and an advantage 
from about 180 to 220 yards. And so they want to set up a lot of the par fours and par fives to to play into those sort of distances as opposed to making this a wedge contest. It is going to be interesting. You have three drivable par threes. So a lot of, like we just saw with Victor Holland, they're reachable par, or par fours, rather. Uh, they're, they're reachable. So uh, we're going to see a lot of guys putting for eagle on some of those holes and, and a couple of the par fives you can get there in two as well. But I do think there's a strategy for sure. And not only tightening the fairways, the rough is pretty thick out here if, if you spray the ball uh, well off target. Uh, but uh, you're going to see a lot of five, six irons for approaches, whereas the U.S. might prefer to have a course where you're hitting a lot of eight and nine irons. So Scotty Scheffler right now is the current favorite to lead the tournament in scoring. Who else out there do you think could step up and challenge him through the course of this? Yeah, I'm not buying Scotty Scheffler to lead the Americans. I understand why he's there. He's the top-ranked uh, you know, player on the U.S. squad, but but he's still struggling on the greens. And last time I checked the match play, especially, it matters if he can make a five- or six-footer when it counts. He's been working with Phil Kenyon, a putting instructor here all week. He's grinding a lot. Uh, I don't love the the sense of a guy grinding, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, heading into this tournament. So <laughs> yeah. my eye is going to my eye is going to Xander Shoffley. I, I think that Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley are a reliable pairing. It's one that I expect to see in multiple team matches. Xander has played really well in President's Cups and Ryder Cups. So you're getting a little bit more value if you go a little bit further down the board uh, and get Xander Shoffley for top point scorer, especially on the top U.S. point scorer market. So from a, a ranking standpoint, U.S., all 12 of their players are in the top 25, seven are in the top 12. For the Europeans, seven are in the top 25, five in the top 12. Which players from both squads, Europe and, and America, do you expect to play all five matches? Not many. Uh, this is a very tough walk. It's a very hilly course. I, I think that both captains, if they have their choice, they would prefer to have everyone sit at least one match. I think it's going to be more likely that we see one of the Europeans go all five, and specifically it's going to be one of their big three, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Rory McIlroy. You mentioned all those rankings, but the Euros have three of the top four. They're really top-heavy and, and have strength at, at that part of the lineup. Victor Hovland played all five matches at Whistling Straits. I feel like of the three, he is most likely to go all five, not just because he just made a, a hole-in-one on a par four today. Uh, Rory McIlroy wears his heart on his sleeve. I, I, I want to make sure if I'm Luke Donald that he still has some gas in the tank for Sunday singles and similar for John Rahm. So I could see Victor Hovland maybe going all five, but I don't think you're going to have a ton of guys going double dip for both Friday and Saturday. Do you have any, especially among some of the rookies on either side, making their first Ryder Cup appearance, any bets you're really into, any guys you got your eye on this weekend? Yeah, I, I don't understand why we don't have love for the Open champion. Brian Harmon, DraftKings, has his over-under set at a, at a half point. I, I think that Brian Harmon is going to have a pretty good week, and, and I could see him uh, pairing with a couple different players. I think this course specifically really sets up well for him, how well he drove the ball at Royal Liverpool. So I think he can play three matches and certainly get a point or a point and a half out of those three. So it's, it's a juicy market and a juicy price, but I definitely think I would take the over on Brian Harmon for total points. What would you say is the U.S. team's weaknesses in this in this match? Putting. I, I think if you go down the list, it's not just Scotty Scheffler, but there's a lot of guys that are very reliable ball strikers and no one that you really trust on and around the green. So I think that if, if the U.S. is going to win, a big piece of it is going to be how well they perform on the greens and, and making putts. These, these greens around here are very undulated. They're very segmented, uh, kind of funky and very different from what they're used to seeing on the PGA Tour. But they're also going to need a, a big step up from some of those rookies, not just Brian Harmon, but I'm expecting a big week from Max Homa. He was undefeated last year at the President's Cup. Uh, and I think that it, if the U.S. is going to put more points on the board than is expected, a guy like Max Homa needs to deliver two, two and a half points in, the, in that process. Hey, well, I was going to say, I think that's another reason to back that prop there with Brian Harmon, because 
top-ranked player on tour in scrambling and putting from six feet. Two essential categories if you want to win a match at the Ryder Cup. Yeah, absolutely. And I think specifically with foursomes, if you have a guy that drives it as well as Brian Harmon, if you take someone like Scotty Scheffler or Brooks Kepka or whatever, if I'm having those guys hit their irons from the middle of the fairway because Brian Harmon's going to put you there more often than not, I think that that's a great opportunity. And then you get to have him hit his irons from where Scotty Scheffler's driving the ball. So I would look specifically to foursomes as a place where Brian Harmon could get a couple of shots, and, and I think he could get some real favorable matchups. Awesome stuff, Will. We appreciate all the time. It's going to be an exciting weekend uh, coming up here for the Ryder Cup. We'll see if the U.S. can erase 30 years of history on the road and try and make something happen. Enjoy it. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, great to be on. Thanks for having me, and uh, get the coffee brewing for tomorrow morning. Boy, you're, you're not kidding. You are not <laughs> kidding. That is why well, I am so looking forward to that. As, A sexy also, coffee. I'm looking, I, I'm looking forward to possibly seeing Will and a lot more other people at the uh, – at the DraftKings Sportsbook at TPC in Scottsdale. They're opening up a, a monster uh, sportsbook there, restaurant. It's going to be fantastic. I was there for the, the groundbreaking a while ago, and that's going to open up in October. So I'm going to be out there for that. It's going to be an unbelievable venue. So uh, I'm sure I'll see Will out there and others from the PGA and many, many people. I'm really, really looking forward to that. It's going to be one incredible, incredible place. It'd be nice to start that off with a U.S. Uh, Ryder Cup road yeah. victory there. 30 years is, after a while, it's one of those streaks that, even for guys, and there's plenty of newcomers yeah. in this, and Emerson, you know, 30 years encompass, cause encompasses a lot of dudes. There's something very mental about that yes. after a while. Yes. When something builds up that long, and you're trying to be the first one to break through the wall, even coming off of a dominant Ryder Cup win when it was back on U.S. soil. Yeah, the movies to watch in 93, Jurassic Park, Sleepless in Seattle, and Free Willy. <laughs> Incredible. Back after this, Gojo and Golan. It's Kentucky Derby time. Are you ready for the greatest two minutes in sports? Saddle up with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Download DK Horse now to join the Run for the Roses action. New customers can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS, 21-PLUS in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See terms at DKHorse.com. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. Damian Lillard from the Blazers. What did that do to their title odds? I'm glad you asked. They now are the favorite to win the NBA championship. They are now the favorite to win the Eastern Conference. They are now the favorite to win the Central Division, which they probably were before. And to earn the number one overall seed, those odds go from plus 220 to plus 125. So, yeah, acquiring Drew Holiday helped lift the Bucks over the top in pursuit of an NBA title. And now Gojo, they're hoping that trading him away will do the same. Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's 
really interesting here in a couple angles from Milwaukee side and certainly from the Miami side of things. Dad, for Dame Lillard, first and foremost, this guy's going to be looking up now and playing competitive basketball, playoff basketball with the hopes of a championship, really for the first time meaningfully in his career that's not just tied to him. Like, he's going to have help. And I know he's had C.J. McCollum and others over the years. He's had quality guys, but he's going to walk into this, Dad. We always talk about it for, like, receivers with single coverage. Everyone's focus is going to be on Giannis. And so the life of Damian Lillard got made infinitely more easy because of this trade. And... On the other side, man, it feels like Miami is kind of uh, dying right mm -hmm. now. Jimmy Butler yesterday took to Instagram to offer up what he believes the NBA's course of action should be next based on everything we've seen. Yo, NBA, man. Y'all need to look into the Bucks for tampering. Y'all do. I'm just going to put that out there. Y'all didn't hear it from me, but I heard it through somebody. Y'all look at him for tampering. So, Dad, is Jimmy just in his feelings, or is there something we need to look at here? Well, yeah, and then Tyler Hero said, you know, yeah, look at that. And I, I listen, I, I have no idea. I mean, there are those that think, you know, that this was uh, um, a deal that was made just to make sure he didn't go to Miami. I mean, is Portland doing that? Is Portland doing that to Dame Lillard? Because remember, he talked about that's where he wanted to go. Giannis is getting what he wanted. And you mentioned, you know, a while ago, I talked about player empowerment. Dame doesn't seem to be getting what he wants, but – I don't think he's going to complain a whole lot because he's going to a team that's now favored to win the NBA title. And that's the only thing missing off, you know, his resume of 11 years, seven all-stars, seven, you know, all NBAs, eight playoff appearances, a Western Conference final. He's missing that title. And now he has a great chance to get it in Milwaukee, Miami. Maybe they'll be in the hunt for Drew Holiday because that's going to be the name out there now. So I, I unfortunately don't. And even J.J. Redick, he, when he, we had him on, doesn't know enough about the particulars of this to know was there any tampering involved or is this just, you know, some sour grapes by the, by the heat? Yeah. Hey, Junior, it, it is unclear like how serious Butler is on that front or what information like he's claiming to know. It is interesting that Tyler Hero retweets that because, you know, potential trade packages that would have sent Lillard to the Heat frequently revolved around Tyler Hero, who is starting a four-year, $120 million <laughs> extension now. Yeah, the Tyler Hero portion of this is always interesting. And I heard Brian Windhorst talking on the Hoop Collective yesterday saying the Heat and Bucks hadn't talked in quite some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In which, the lead which up also, to this deal either. Which also makes me ask, okay, clearly the Bucks and the Blazers don't have that great, or the Heat and the Blazers don't have that great of a relationship. So what makes us think that actually the Blazers will ship off Drew Holiday to the Heat, where J.J. Redick said earlier that's where he feels Drew Holiday would be a good fit? Well, uh, maybe at this point, Dad, it's desperation if yeah. you're Miami because while they might try and play it cool publicly, and J.J. said Pat Riley's always going to be in the mix to try and swing big and swing for the fences again, this was a massive public loss for them. This was a major overture where they had a guy that wanted to be there. They had yeah. a big-time star player from another team that verbalized, Miami's the place I want to go, put out all the PR and the sources at the beginning to try and make that happen, and it didn't work out. And now for a team that's trying to maximize an aging Jimmy Butler that's been at the core of what you've done as a team, something like this and missing out on that leading into the season maybe heightens that sense of urgency. You know, maybe in all honesty, Mike, maybe it worked against him a little bit that Dame talked about going there because maybe because we talk about player empowerment, the thought is, well, Dame wants to be here. We're going to get it done. So we'll offer less 
you know, we won't offer as much because he wants to be here and that's kind of how it's going to work and we'll get him. And it didn't work that way. Now, uh, again, and as J.J. Redick also said, we don't know all the other packages around. The one thing we did seem to know is with Miami, Tyler Hero was involved in, in the package there. So we don't know what the other offers. We never we never knew what was going on with Toronto. We certainly didn't know what the hell was going on in Milwaukee. We had never even heard them. So we don't know what the offers were. But like I said, maybe Miami felt kind of, you know, in a comfortable position. Well, Dame wants to come here, so we're going to get him. Let's, you know, and, and that's how it works in business, right? If you're trading for someone, you want to give up as as little as possible. And if you're trading someone, you want to get as much as possible and you find that happy medium. I, I And I don't know enough about the personalities of if there's anything spiteful in this. All I know is if you're Portland, you need to find the best deal for your organization. You're giving up a guy that's been all everything to you and your organization. You have to get what's best for your team in return. And whether this is or not, I have no idea, but they get, got draft picks. They also are one draft pick and some draft swaps. And then yeah. also they have the Drew Holiday package that's going out there now. And where, you know, is that going to be Clippers, the Pelicans, the Knicks, the Kings? Who who knows? It's Miami. You yeah, know, I where think that it's totally go. dependent on what the yes. Drew Holiday package yeah. ends up being because they're going to move him. And so ultimately for Portland, that's going to be there. I saw Minel Hassan yesterday on Levitard say that this felt like a spite deal, but I, I just... I have a hard time buying into as much of the sour feelings on yeah. this, and it works into the player empowerment conversation because, Dad, player empowerment's worked when guys have been willing to make it ugly. And going back to when Adam Silver and the NBA sent out the memo essentially telling Dames Camp to stop doing this as publicly, it seems like that fastball kind of brushed them back off the plate. Damian Lillard has not been willing to go out here and no. make this messy on behalf of the Portland Trailblazers. It hasn't felt like a relationship where he's gone out and burned it, especially in recent months. It's been very quiet around that front, and it's why I was surprised that things were going to get done here this quickly, even weeks and a couple of months after everything initially went down, just because... Yes, we know NBA players tend to get what they want, but that's usually threatening to sit out. It's threatening to create really distracting headlines as we get towards the start of training camp. And that all just never seemed like stuff that was in Dame and was reflected in the actions throughout the course of this. No, it's the squeaky wheel syndrome, right? I mean, the latest being hardened. Uh, and and that'll be interesting how that situation is going to work yeah, out. That's a great point. James yeah, Harden went to China yeah. and chirped the GM of yeah. his team publicly. <laughs> we haven't seen anything even remotely close to that by Dame. No, Lillard. no. It seems Dame and Portland have a have a good relationship uh, involved here, and, and uh, I don't know how good. What let you, me put it this what way: What makes you say that, Emerson? Well, because Dame dropped like a diss track yesterday, like the single, the song that he dropped with Dame and 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 about the Blazers. I mean, it was kind of like a farewell to fans, but a couple of the lines, in the future, man, I hope we greet with hugs and kisses, but you should know they're the ones who chose another mission. Another line, I can never be replaced, though no sooner than later, an arrow pointed at who I assume was greater. Amazing what I get in return for this labor. That was really nice, nice by you. Yeah. Wow, that was pretty impressive. Thank you. Wow, that was that was was actually pretty good. Yeah, but I, 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 guess, I guess the point is, it was released yesterday, right? It yes. wasn't released. Well, I, here's the ago. thing. I think I think it's been cooking for the past couple of years. But, I think but, this thing's so, been so, recorded. So, so that that's fine cooking. My point is nothing public. He didn't release that track two months ago. You know, to where yeah. it made it ugly publicly you. before it was traded. Yeah, he did it after he was traded. There was 
There was nothing that showed discontent publicly like we've seen other players do. And I, I guess that's my point. It was all kept more in-house where you're right, Mike. Usually if guys bang the drum really loud, uh, more stuff happens for him. And Damian Lillard didn't do that. No, he didn't. And I guess if the end goal was to get to Miami, it's a failure. But if it's out of spite, the consolation prize being that you now go to a team that with your presence has been vaulted to the favorite to win the NBA title, it hardly feels like they sent him to Siberia. We can put away the Adam Silver, get ready to learn Chinese buddy memes yeah, and kind of look at this and say what he got out of this for Damian Lillard's ultimate goal. After he declared this, when he said in the, referenced in that rep, they decided on a different timeline. They drafted younger. They didn't right. make the moves that Damian Lillard wanted to see to indicate this franchise was serious about pursuing a title with him. And so they sent him to a place that's as serious about pursuing a title as any because their star player keeps publicly chirping the organization. Back after a few here. It's Gojo and Bullock. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament all the way through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. So whether you're bought in on heat culture at this point or think the Boston Celtics can survive a bump in the road, we got options for you. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code GOJO only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When it comes to the division, at the end of the day in the NFL, you got to win your division. So when you have division games, it is important to go out there and, and, and be your best and be on your A game every single time you have a division game. So there obviously is um, a little bit more uh, emphasis on, on on bringing it those games. Obviously, we'll be on the road, so we're going to have to bring our juice uh, over to Lambeau. You know, we know that stadium well. Um, and, yeah, we just got to go out there, play a 1,000 miles per hour, play our game, play physical, be violent, be smart. Um, and I think uh, we'll, we'll handle our business. All right, Jason Cabinda will uh, not suit up this week, but the rest of the Lions going to have their work cut out for them tonight on the road, Lambeau Field in Green Bay, place they won in Week 18, spoiled the Packers, spoiled Aaron Rodgers' final game in a Green Bay uniform. Jordan Love, though, expected to have his good buddy and top target Christian Watson back for his season debut, it's time for a Thursday Night Football Preview. Kick off your NFL weekend with Thursday Night Football on Prime. It is on. So this will also be, guys, Jordan Love's primetime debut. First time since 93, we all know this, that Green Bay started the season with a quarterback under center, not named Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. Interesting fact here. Brett Favre first posted eight-plus total touchdowns in the first three games of the season in his fifth season as a starter, one MVP that year in 96. Rodgers first posted eight-plus total touchdowns in the first three games of the season in his fourth year as a starter, 2011, one MVP. 
Jordan Love just did it in year one. What do you think, Gojo? Jordan Love for MVP. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Not quite ready to pull the trigger on that just yet, but he's been very impressive considering you mentioned, and the key element of that is their fourth year as a starter. This guy's in year one of playing meaningful snaps and has already been able to manufacture some pretty incredible moments like their comeback down 17 last week against the Saints. And dead tall order now, they're home dogs to the Lions this week in a division matchup, and it's the give and take, right? It's yeah, he's going to get Christian Watson back finally, who would be huge for them. The Lions, one of the teams that struggled in the NFL, giving up explosive pass plays going back to last year. But up front on the other side, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins both out on the offensive line. That was the big strength and selling point for this team going into this week. And so it's going to be kind of the same math problem that's affected teams like the Bengals in recent years is, hey, if I've got these great receiving weapons and I want to attack deep, am I going to have the time to do it with backups in along the front? Yeah, that, that that certainly hurts them. But along with Watson, Packers are getting Aaron Jones back as well. So you got the Jones-Dillon one-two punch in the backfield, which which can really help your quarterback with play-action pass. Now, because Jordan Love, listen, only one interception. He's not turning the ball over, but the completion percentage, I think, is just over 52%. That's not great. So let's see what getting back a couple of players is going to get you, even though, as you mentioned, a couple of the guys on the O-line are out. You know, you know, Green Bay has such a monster lead in this series, but it doesn't matter. Guys on this team don't care. It's kind of like Burrow and those young Bengals saying, we don't care about the history of the Bengals. We're here now and plan on winning now. You know, and that that's the thought process of the Detroit Lions. They have a horrible winning record overall against Green Bay, but they've won the last three, including knocking them out of the potential of getting into the playoffs in, in week 18 last year. So they are riding that three-game streak right now. They are on an upswing without question. I think this is an excellent matchup for the two teams I believe we both feel are going to be fighting uh, for the NFC North title. Yeah, oh, I mean, the, the the Bears and Vikings, you can put them off to the side and out yeah. of it, right? We're going to talk about them in a matchup of the defeateds that's going on this weekend, the 0-3 teams in the NFL all playing each other. So it's a two-horse race, and Dad, I, the thing that starts to make me feel nervous here, and this is just holdover from this weekend, is this situation feels eerily familiar to what we just went through with Notre Dame and Ohio State. You've got a team with a great opportunity on an upswing in the Detroit Lions who are now expected to win things this year. Right. Went and played last year, and we're still the plucky underdog, missed the postseason, but walk into this year in a world where there's a changing of the guard, going up against a Green Bay team that's feeling as gettable as it's felt in a while because you got a new guy at quarterback that you know is talented, but you're still feeling out. All of that lines up. It makes me feel like Ohio State winning on the goal line might be a predictor <laughs> for a Green Bay team that's a home dog and might feel some type of way about this. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate that. Uh, I Listen, I, I'm looking forward to this one. You know, the little matchups inside Detroit is allowing a ton of receptions to tight ends. So, you know, look for that to be one of the issues going on. Uh, tonight in the game for Green Bay, will they use? I think Luke, Luke Musgrave has what I believe 11 receptions uh, this year. So I, I think that's a matchup to look for, as I imagine Green Bay's running is as well. Rookies have been playing a big part for both of these teams uh, so far this year. I'm just, you know, it's one of those, we know how it works, a division game, you need to win your home division game. So this this would be a monster win for Detroit to get the first of two times you play your division teams to get one on the road. 
Yeah, you mentioned the tight end portion of things. Really uh, not great start for Detroit. They've given up 25 receptions for 263 yards to opposing tight ends, both the highest in the NFL through three weeks. And keep in mind, during this time period, they faced the Seahawks, the Falcons, and the Chiefs without Travis Kelsey. So it's not necessarily been a murderer's row of talent going out there and gashing them at those spots. Uh, so, Dad, you're right. Which way do you lean in this one right now? I, I I feel like the Detroit Lions, it's been a roller coaster of emotions starting in night one of the NFL season, the loss to Seattle the following week. But they get back on track and dismantle a Falcons team that played a really close one with Green Bay before. I would probably... I would probably lean green or uh, I would probably lean Detroit right now on the road. Even all things considered, I think it's as close as the spread indicates here, but I would probably take the lions in this one. Yeah, I, I think I would probably lean that way. It's going to be interesting for the lions in their pass rush, right? They had seven sacks. You mentioned against Atlanta and you talk about a couple of old linemen out for green Bay. So how much pressure will that put on, Jordan Love. That's why I think they need to lean a bit on that run game to kind of slow down the pass rush a little bit. I think that's going to be important for them. And I love the matchup from scoring and not scoring lines. I think in 12 consecutive games or over 20 points and and Green Bay has held seven of their last eight under 20 points. So Green Bay is is while Jordan Love is still finding his way and doing well, by the way, he's doing well. This is another team that you want to lead on the defensive side of the ball. So it's a matchup I'm looking forward to. I would probably lean toward the Lions a little bit, but boy, this this is almost a pick to me because it's in Green Bay. I'm not looking at a revenge thing for Green Bay last year, losing at home and getting knocked out of the playoffs. That's their own damn fault. I mean, oh, revenge there. They should be embarrassed. Uh, that they had that on the line and couldn't come out and play better than they did. So I'm not all of a sudden looking at, we need to get revenge on Detroit. No, you need to look in the mirror and why the hell you didn't get that done in week 18 and have no bearing on this year's game other than it's a division game at home that you're supposed to win. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. The The embarrassment of that could still be a motivator. And listen, it's a division game. Like you said, it's not like you're lacking for motivation there. Right. But I do think it's about what you mentioned on the lines of scrimmage and which Jekyll and Hyde version of the Lions front we're going to see on defense. We've talked about the strides Aiden Hutchinson's made, but that's a team seven sacks last week, one in the first two weeks before yeah. that. And I get you were going up against the Chiefs offensive line that's one of the best in the NFL, but you caught Seattle at a moment where they had two backups in. That should have been a lot more productive than it was in my mind. What version of that you're going to get? I think having the two best offensive linemen, even for a team with depth like Green Bay out, makes a big difference. And on the other side right now, we'll see Taylor Decker and Jonah Jackson both questionable as per the last injury report, for, uh, report from yesterday going into this game. But we know on its best day, that Lions offensive line, one of the best in the NFL, road graders, good at setting up what they want to do. It's not a really difficult system for the Detroit Lions, right? They want to set up deep play action shots, breaking towards the middle of the field for Jared Goff. It's where he's been most comfortable. It's where he remains the most comfortable. And for this Green Bay Packers defense that's trying to reset a standard that didn't exist last year, that's a challenge going against this Ben Johnson offense. I lean in favor of the Lions, and I think they get the win on the road tonight. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Watch where Aiden Hutchinson lines up on defense. I love how they move him around, and you're talking two starters out for Green Bay. They'll try and 
he's our best pass rusher. Try and match him up since he can he can line up on either tackle or on the inside. They'll try and match him up on the weakest lineman, probably one of the backups. So I love how they do that. And if they can get back to that pressure pressure side of it like they did against Atlanta, uh, I would favor him in this one as well. Should be a fun matchup, if nothing else. Al Michaels could feel good about this one. I don't think we'll have to see Al Michaels getting into his bag of jabs by the fourth quarter. Coming up next, though, let's take another look back at the Ryder Cup with a guy who knows all about this international play. Next. Next.